live at MRNW on the show floor. The honor of speaking with Courtney Akel, Georgia Pacific, a company all of us have heard from. As an internal insights professional, she has seen a lot of transitions over the last few years in really two ways. One is the role of partnerships with her agency relationships. And then the other is centric to just staying current on tools and systems and processes and technologies so that her she's operating with the sharpest tools or the best tools inside of her toolbox to deliver consistent insights for Georgia Pacific. Hope you enjoy. Courtney Akel, Georgia Pacific. Everybody's heard of Georgia Pacific. Yes. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, MRMW is coming to a close, I, I think. What do you think about the uh, show? It's been a great event. Um, there's been a lot of talk on big data, which has been really interesting to me, you know, being in the quant side of, of the industry. And... I'm learning a lot. Yeah, what is yeah. Some of your, what is your biggest takeaway so far? Um, my biggest takeaway is that primary research isn't dying, so that's nice job security, um, and that you know what I what I need to do to complement my skill sets currently is to do R. Oh, interesting. So you think like a Python R path <laughs> for you? Yeah, yeah. I think I'm gonna learn to start coding. Um, to do more like visual things with my research and um, with, the, with the data. Are you thinking about Code Academy? How are you going to go through that journey? Um, no, I'm going to go through a data camp. Oh, data camp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah going to go through data camp. Um, they have like free courses. Yeah. I just downloaded the app on my phone cool. and, you know, learning that R code. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Wish, wish me luck. <laughs> ah, it's no joke. It's yeah. no joke. I mean, I think you'll pick it up fast. Have you done any programming in the past? Yeah. So um, I can write like SPSS syntax. Got it. And, um, so you're familiar I'm, already Yeah, I'm with pretty that. familiar with like coding, but it's just like, you know, a new language to learn and they're goes, all slightly different. Like I'm familiar with JavaScript and so they're all like slightly different, but I found that if you understand coding, you could just pick it up totally I mean it's yeah. another like you said correctly so I mean once you learn a second language the third yeah. is a little bit easier yeah I think it's easier for me to learn code than it is like a foreign language uh, maybe <laughs> <laughs> I, I would agree with you on that point yeah. by the way because <laughs> I like can't roll my R's <laughs> so I just like I've always struggled with foreign languages so maybe like the typing part maybe fine. typing is mm. is my way to go I get it I yeah. get it so um how'd you wind up in market research um, so I graduated from college and with a degree in marketing and I just, I did an internship at an ad agency and thought I was going to take the like traditional marketing route of working at an ad agency when I graduated. And, um, I got there and realized that, you know, they don't do any analysis to support the ads that they're putting, pushing out into the world. I guess like in 2011, they probably do, hopefully do that more now. But um, so I knew I wanted to get into analytics and then I just landed a internship at Market Strategies International um, on the vendor side. So I was there for four years. Yeah. And I ran like T-Mobile's brand tracker and did um, Starbucks attitudes and usage studies. So I got some pretty cool experience while I was there. And So why did you jump over to the brand side, the light side? Um... 
I was ready for a break of that like client service life. Um, it can be really draining. You yeah. work long hours and you're, you know, always always on. Yeah, always on. So you know, the client side has been a really nice um, change, and I also wanted to experience what it's like to w w like see how the research is being used and see it actually come to life versus just like passing it over and then it going into a dark space so so georgia pacific yeah um how big of a marketing research department um so we're pretty small actually we only have like 14 researchers mm, i miss pretty big in, in some some contexts it's pretty big oh okay yeah well i i guess my contacts being in cincinnati has been procter and gamble is procter a little and different gamble where they have like 1200 yeah so. <laughs> It's like quite, I think, like, anyway, yes. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we have 14, um, mostly on the categories. Um, and then I work with another colleague cross-category. Um, so we do all, like, the flow to the work, and we do, like, all the DIY um, research for us. So, so DIY, so uh, you use partners, of course, to do research. Yeah. Uh, one, I can't, I forget which speaker was talking about that yesterday. It was one, I, they were from Procter & Gamble, there were two. Uh, and they were talking about the how the how the partnerships are changing in terms of what you need as a brand yeah. uh, is, from your vendors is changing. Yeah, definitely. Do you know, like, would you be able to put words to that? How, yeah. how has it been changing? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, like I come to these um, conferences and I interact with these vendors and a lot of it's like, well, if I collect the data, can I send you the data set? and you do the text analysis for me. So I'm really looking for what they can do after the data is collected for me um, and how we can partner in, in that. Got it. Yeah. So what you're doing is basically, it sounds like uh, you're using DIY solutions mm -hmm. to do a lot of the heavy lifting internally right. of the data collection. Yeah. But then when it gets down past post-processing into the analytics and implications, there's a big opportunity for partnership. Yeah, totally. I mean, um, yeah, because, you know, when we program the surveys in-house, it's quicker. We have the we have more knowledge of our of our needs and our categories. And so it just takes a lot of like back and forth out of the mix when we can just write the survey ourselves. So what platform are you using on your What So first of all, give me the landscape. What are you do using tool wise? What's in the toolbox? Um, so I'm using Qualtrics and then we use conjointly for um, conjoints. Um, I use Q Research for analysis. And then, you know, just a variety of different sample providers Got that it. I'm using. Do you have a top three sample provider list? Um, so we've been working with uh, Research Now, Dynata, um, and then Lucid has been really great. And then I think we're going to potentially explore like one of the social media um, sample providers to see how our data is different yeah. if, if it is different. Got it. Did you hear Tia's talk today? Yeah. What'd you think about that? Yeah. For those that don't know, she spoke, uh, she's the uh, group scientist for Procter & Gamble, about a 30 year veteran in the space. Um, and she was, her sub subject was um, the material decrease in quality in the sample space and the cost that's happening at the brand level. Makes me nervous. <laughs> that's my initial reaction, but obviously it's things that I've been aware of for a while now. So, um, but I do think that 
Um, it's a good reminder to always change your methods to um, catch survey bots and um, whether it's, you know, a, I really liked her approach of um, asking the age question at the front and then the age question at the end to see how their see if their answers match up and if they don't then you know screen them out yeah yeah that's a really interesting point of view yeah there is some error that you're always going to get in no matter who it is that takes the, the survey right um, and you got to be just aware of that that happening and then the other the other thing I think that's really important is, and I'll give you an actual tactical, a tangible example. A friend of mine does a, screen, a couple of different screening questions. Uh, he rotates them out all the time in his surveys. Uh, one of them was, uh, what is one plus one plus four? And it was a picture, it was a closed-ended question, six answer choices. 48% got it right. Six being the right answer. <laughs> and uh, to the question, what is your favorite color? Open-ended question. Number one answer choice. Um, I really like that. Really? And number two is ASDF. Wow. So it was interesting that, you know, in like he's seeing this as a big, now I'm not suggesting that that's categorically the case in yeah, this space. Right. I'm not like the guy that's trying to light the fires everywhere. Yeah. But I mean, you know, from his vantage point in context of that one study with a blended sample approach, um, you know, there was some, in his, per, from his perspective, some potentially very material issues with, um, with the data. So anyway, I, I, I do think it's something that we've talked a lot about for my career, 26 years in the space. Yeah. And I have a feeling that we'll be talking about it a lot longer. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so why did you decide to go in-house, uh, use DIY tools? Um, I, I like doing it. Well, one, it was a need for the organization. Um, they wanted it, you know, faster and they also wanted someone writing our surveys that had knowledge of our categories. Um, and, you know, obviously cost plays a really big role. And just control, you know, like I, I love having control over the survey. I, I don't, I, like when I was on the supplier side, I used to write the survey on paper and hand it to the programmers. And I way prefer like just going in there myself and writing survey myself using Qualtrics. Yeah, I feel like it's better to, I mean, now my background's technology. So for me, I'm very comfortable in a, in a user interface or even in a scripting environment. The, I actually enjoy the creation of the survey in, in context of the environment versus converting it from a Word document or a paper document yeah. and then trying to get that into the system. Yeah, you definitely get more of a feel for what the respondent is experiencing and that is okay you're nailing the point right there yeah. exactly yeah exactly because all of a sudden you're like you know what an 11 point scale doesn't make any sense right at, uh at for this because it's just not going to be a fun experience from a response yeah, and then you can test like for the mobile experience as well like if they're gonna have to s flip their phones or you know anything that you can do to eliminate hassle totally yeah exactly right that's so interesting I can't believe I brought that up before. But yeah, you're right. I mean, that's a big, big benefit because yeah. you design a questionnaire, you know, in Word or whatever and distribute it and get buy-in and whatnot. But the problem is it's happening in, it, without the context of the respondent. Right. Right. And you can't, once you set an anchor point of, no, this is an 11-point scale, you can't like undo that. Right. It's now everybody, you can't go to a five. Right. <laughs> 
right? Well, you can, but you, you know. You can, but it's a problem. Right, yes. It's at least a conversation. Yes, definitely. Right, and yeah. maybe it doesn't end well, uh, right. or a point of confrontation. Right. Right. Yeah, and that's funny. That's a funny point. That's a really good point. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So what's your biggest need as in-house brand researcher? I think my biggest need is, you know, navigating and understanding what other ways I can enhance our current approaches. And, you know, like what I mentioned about like the tools after the data is collected. How can the vendors and suppliers help us really amplify the results of our survey? Right, like through storytelling. And are you incorporating a lot of external data? So like market data on the respondents or anything along those lines to supplement the reports? No, not yet. I mean, that's, you know, something that maybe working with the social media recruiters might be able to do, like give us their interests and their likes so that we can really profile these consumers that we're talking to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, having like access to big data is definitely of interest. Yeah, for sure. It's funny. Mm -hmm. Miriam has been on the podcast. She's the head of insights for, uh, Microsoft and they've actually found a tremendous amount of benefit in their, in their projects, finding purchase internally as they, they call it triangulating truth with respect to extra incorporating external data into the, into their actual self-reported data sets. Right. So obviously like, oh, wow, ooh, yeah, you know? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> the other part that's interesting, and I, I, you see a lot of that as you just look around the exhibit floor. Um, there's a, you know, video is, uh, is represented yes. well. There's a few different sentiment analysis companies uh, that are, are present here. I mean, there's a lot of, I'd say, new tech yeah. that continues to expand. Definitely. Right, versus the traditional approaches that we're going to do focus groups and just an online survey. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, no, there's a ton of, new new things going on it's really nice to come to these conferences and reconnect with what's happening in the industry so if somebody wants to get in contact with you how would they do that um they can reach out to me on linkedin i would love to connect with anyone who's doing diy on the client side to collaborate and um you know figure out like what their needs are and what what they're missing out on as well so to see if we have similar needs yeah for sure and then uh would you mind spelling your name for the audience yeah sure the audio context yes my name is courtney c-o-u-r-t-n-e-y and it's akel a-k-e-l my name is courtney from a tennis court there you go yeah never gonna forget it Courtney, Georgia Pacific. Yes. Thanks so much for being on the Happy Market Research Podcast yes, today. Yes, awesome. Absolute honor having yes, you. Yes, thank you. And I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Awesome, thanks. <laughs>